a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties This week on the Pete the Planner Show, more of your money questions answered. Nicole joins me as always. Hello, producer Nicole. Hello, Pete the Planner. I'm trying to deal, figure out how many times I hit the table between the dramatic, your money questions answer but then like that time okay so here's what we got this week uh let's start with a classic sandwich generation question sandwich generation question as always if you want to email me uh, get your question uh, answered on the air uh, email ask pete that's a-s-k pete and by the way when you spell pete don't spell it like a starbucks barista did this week p-e-e-t i liked how that like if you're watching on pete the right now you just got to see the audio, so that's great. So don't spell it P-E-T, it's P-E-T-E, A-S-K-P-E-T-E at uh, PeteThePlanner.com. Here we go, first question. Pete, my husband and I are 58 and 62 years old and make $125,000 in combined income. Our parents are getting older. You know what, here's the thing. That's how it works. Uh, And in poor health, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and do not have much in savings. We have 535000 in our 401ks, no debt, and $125,000 remaining in our mortgage. What is the likelihood of us retiring on time and still helping our parents? Signed, Galena. Huh. Interesting. Okay, so when I say sandwich generation, here's what I mean. Uh, you're an adult, uh, like you're 58 or 62, and you're sandwiched between your parents... Uh, who are still living, and your adult children. Now, I don't know that these people have adult children. In fact, they didn't even mention whether they have children or not, which is a good thing because if, if they did and their, their, their adult children are a factor in their financial life, then they truly are sandwiched between the financial needs of their parents and the financial needs of their children. So this problem is not nearly as bad as it could be. Okay, here's where we're going to go with this. We're going to separate this uh, question into two distinct areas. Number one, the desire to potentially help uh, an adult parent as opposed to a child parent, which Nicole, that's not what this show is about. Not, not this time. Yeah, it's a little weird. Let's not do that. <laughs> the next thing we're going to tackle is in, what does this person's financial situation actually look like? Because I'll, I'll, let's start there because, uh, all right, Nicole, I'm going to put this to you. To me. $535,000. That's a half million dollars. Seems like a lot of money. Half a mil does. Half a mil, half a stack. Ooh. I think a stack's 10,000, though. Is that what a stack is? I don't know, because a band is 1,000. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, bands will make them dance? Yes. Uh, I'm going to Google stack and see what it is. Hmm. Oh, I should have, t- I should have, what's the oh, urban dictionary? <sighs> Hold on, guys, this is important. I know you're here for the financial information, but you're also here for slang. <laughs> oh, a stack means 1,000. Oh, then what's a band? Oh, boy. A hundred? I don't know. Uh, oh, never mind. Okay, let's move on. So here's the issue. $500,000 sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. It really does. However, However. depending on how your retirement uh, plan looks, your income plan in retirement, 
$500,000 may only account for about $20,000 a year of income. You know what I mean, Nicole? My eyes just got really big. So that's what's so crazy about it. Like, Nicole, you sit there and I say, all right, you have a half million dollars and you're going to draw on it over time. It's going to pay you. I mean, just, just saying it like that, it seems like there should be a lot more than $20,000 worth of income. Right, because, yeah, when you say that there's half a million dollars, that sounds like there's that's so much more money than when you equate it to what it really is. Right. And, 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 yeah. and here's the issue. The issue is, especially if you retire in your mid-60s, we have to plan as though that half a million dollars has to last you uh, with relative certainty, almost absolute certainty, 30 years. Right. Yeah. You, you could say, well, I don't think I'm going to live that long. Okay. Let's say you're wrong. Like, are you willing to be wrong? Are you willing to go, oops, I'm too old now and I'm out of money. It's just so like a good financial advisor would never let you do that. So when you look at this person has $535,000 right now at age 58 or her husband's 62 or she's 62 and he's 58, no one knows. $535,000 when they're making $125,000 a year right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And how awkward too, like to be like, well, I outlived myself. Yeah. It's the, that's the thing I like to say is like, if you lose a bet because you live too long, it's a bad bet. It's that's a bad, a bad bet. bet. Like we get that all the time with people in their thirties and forties and fifties that are like, um, you know, my dad died young. I just, you know, I just don't think I'm going to live that long. It's like, okay, okay, cool. All right. Um, let's say you're wrong. You lose. In so many ways. If you live, you lose. Bad deal. Yeah. And when you, if you're living, you should be winning. You know? Oh my gosh. I believe Charlie Sheen said that. Hashtag Winning. If you're living, you should be winning. Is that what you said? Can we get shirts? Absolutely. All right. Anyway, $535,000. Again, sounds like a lot of money. And people listening right now who are 58 and 62 years old. Well, here are the statistics. The average person listening right now does not have 535000 bucks. They have a lot less. So when, I, when I'm sitting here going, it's not that much money, I don't mean that to be like I'm a jerk and I'm judging. I mean it... Uh, I know the math and the math suggests that to have a sustained stream of income that doesn't go down because that's what a lot of people do. They say, well, uh, we'll start out taking out more and then decrease over time. Yeah. Cause people love pay decreases. Nicole, I have a new strategy for you and your career and your pay here at, uh, Pete, the planner headquarters. You do. Are you ready for it? I don't think so. Okay. What we're going to do is I'm going to give you a raise uh -huh. right now, cool. like 10 grand. And then we can stay at that pay for a couple years. And then I'm just going to decrease it after that. Pete, it has been lovely working for you. See, okay. So in retirement, you can't quit. <laughs> you can't quit. So, um, so I, I guess the underlying issue for this person is at age 58 and 62 with $125,000 a year of income, if, if they try to get the 62 year old to 67, which is five years from now, then the 58 year old would be 63. That means they have five years of growth and contributions to get that 535 higher and higher and higher and higher. Um, and by the way, $20,000 is what $1,600 a month of income. 
ideally you're at least getting it to two thousand dollars a month of income then you're gonna have social security on the other side you either side you might get that to fifty five hundred six thousand dollars a month of income and the tax equivalent of that because you've paid tax on your hundred twenty five thousand dollars you might be getting closer but i think the bigger point is this because the question is what is the likelihood of us retiring on time and still helping our parents. If you're defining on time as the person who is 67 retiring, or the per oldest person being 67 retiring, and then you want to help your parents, Nicole, I, I think you might know the answer to that one. No. 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 There, you, no, you're not going to be able to help your parents. But uh, let's make a point of distinction here. There's ways you can help a, a person who's struggling financially. You can help them financially, and you can also help them with their money in a non-financial way. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> it means that I don't think the emailer here, uh, and I will talk to you, dear emailer, uh, I don't believe you have the assets or the projected income to uh, either periodically or one time or regularly financially assist your parents. However, you may be able to take them into your home. You may be able to help them better manage whatever funds they have. You may help them file for social services. But this is a classic situation of if you try to help your adult parents financially by, with, with your money, it's not going to end well. Now, you can do it while you're working. That's the tough part since you got more money working than you're going to have when you retire. And you can help your parents financially when uh, you're working. But the second you retire, you will not have the income to do it. The answers aren't always fun here, Nicole. No. Isn't that like I, you're, you're young. We've established this. Oh, I don't know. Every time we have a conversation. But <laughs> and I know you don't think of us financially assisting your parents at this point in your life, right? No. And... I think part of that comes with too is my parents have always been financially responsible in a way that that's never even crossed my mind that that's been that that would have to be one of my duties one day is let, to support them. Let me ruin your Cheerios here for a second. Please. What if they get in a tough financial situation by no part of their own or by no fault of their own 40 years from now when you're of pre-retirement age. That's the situation we're dealing with. We don't know that these people made a huge mistake. We just know that they're in a jam. And I think that's why when I say you don't think about this, mm -mm. it's not because you trust them and they've made good decisions. It's just you can't imagine why a situation goes from fine to not fine. Uh, and especially projecting yourself forward 40 years, I think a lot of Americans find themselves in that jam, that sandwich generation, not only um, being there to try to help a, an adult parent or parent, uh, and being there to help adult children or, or children. Uh, so there's your answer. You're not gonna probably be able to help your parents and you, no. you could possibly retire on time. So coming up after the break, is cryptocurrency a viable option? All that and more on the Pete the Planner Show. Your money questions answered. Stop what you're doing. Log on. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Never 
question the right of any man. The voice his opinion is strong against any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the stamp. Back on the Pete the Planner show, answering your money questions without trying to sell you things. That'd actually be a decent like uh, tagline. Yeah, what a concept, answering people's questions without having to sell them anything. I love it. Just being able to have a conversation with someone and not sell them anything. That's the reason I do this show and I have for 10 years because I I don't like to sell things. I just love to, what do I like to do? Enter questions. Okay, I just like to talk, that's true. And fish. And fish. Dear Pete, do you think cryptocurrency is viable? I had a friend make big money on it and I'm thinking about investing. Kyle. Oh boy. You know, I got a text from a friend of the show this weekend, Nicole. <gasps> a friend of the show. Maybe we'll exchange surnames uh, uh, between the break. Asking me the same question. Person's now named Kyle. Um, <laughs> and I get this question a lot because even though cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum and Litecoin and a bunch of other Ripple, bunch of other coins, uh, sort of have dipped in the last few months compared to where they were near the end of 2017. Uh, people still want to know if you can make money on them. I I'll tell you, I know three detailed stories, and I'll try to tell you some of them, three detailed stories of people who have made normal random dudes investing a few hundred, maybe a couple thousand dollars, Nicole, who made tens of thousands of dollars off of cryptocurrency. Can you pick my job off the floor for me? Please? I know. And see, this is the thing. Like, this is what makes me nervous about this segment because I'm going to answer the question. And no matter what I say in the question, good, bad, or otherwise, all people are going to hear is I know someone who invested hundreds and came back with tens of thousands. It's hard not to hear that. Yeah. It's, that whole selective listening thing, you hear what you want to hear. And so you hear, oh, I only put in a hundred and got back thousands. That's what people want to hear. I know. So here's the deal. <laughs> okay. Here's my, here's my thought. And by the way, uh, on the show and was it November, Frank, do you remember? Yeah. Going into November or no, December. It was like the first week of December that you did this. I bought cryptocurrency on the air. I bought some Litecoin. I bought some Bitcoin. Uh, all told, all in, after all that, those shenanigans, I think I invested about 2,500 American dollars, 2,500 dollars. And they spiked by early January. I think my position of 2,500 dollars was worth $5,000. If I would have sold, I would have doubled my money in 30 days. Again, this sounds really good. And Nicole, I, you remember when I would come into your office and be like, guys, I don't know what to tell you, but yes. I just keep making money. And of course you don't make money until you sell anyway, but. I would just get like a text from you and it would just be like random numbers. I know. And that was my update. Yeah. Yeah. It was exciting. I actually it enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, those days ended. Huge Bitcoin crash. I don't remember when, a couple months ago. Um, but now as of like, as of the show today, my position is back to 2,500 bucks, but it was down to, I think 1,400 at the low. So it went 2,500 in, up to 5,000, down to 1,400, and now at $2,500. Um, a few disclaimers here. This is money that uh, 
was extra money. It wasn't my emergency fund. I didn't need it for my financial goals or priorities. So I, not to sound like a brat, but it was $2,500 that I could afford as a gag for the show. That sounds a little bratty, doesn't it? A little bit. Uh, I call it like see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happened. I had 2,500 bucks that I was willing to uh, use to help us all learn a little bit about Bitcoin. Now, what are my term? What are my what are my goals for this long term? I don't know. Here's how I view it. I know a lot of three people that I told you about that have uh, invested hundreds and a few couple thousands and have tens of thousands of dollars. And the way I view it is that'd be a fun story for me, and so I'm willing to play that game. That being said, it's not a strategy for accomplishing any goals. It's essentially like a lottery ticket. I own a lottery ticket that has more than one chance to win. Um, I would never take my weekly pay and go buy a lottery ticket. Sorry, my friends at the lottery. Uh, I just, I just wouldn't. However, I feel like it's a good idea to have $2,500 in something that there is a wild hair chance that it goes up to tens of thousands of dollars. Is that Nicole, am I painting an inaccurate picture here? No, because I feel like at the time when you did this, this was a more accurate representation of how it was going. Yeah, it felt like it was heading that way. Yeah. Well, you still see people who claim to know a lot about this stuff say, well, it's, you know, it's going to a million dollars of Bitcoin. And I think it's just under 10,000 right now or yeah. right around 10,000. And I don't know. And I don't, I don't know. know. I'll just tell you this. If the question is, is cryptocurrency viable? Here's the answer. Cryptocurrency, the technology behind cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, that is a very viable technology. In fact, it's already spread its wings throughout corporate America. Um, you, you turn on the radio or television and you hear companies like IBM and you know, Procter and Gamble and all these sorts of like tried and true companies talking about how they're using blockchain for real-time logistics and all these sorts of things. So that technology is viable and it is technology that is, is used to support crypto as well. So I know that's a, a bad out to answer that question, but the technology behind cryptocurrency is absolutely viable and important. And there are ways to invest in blockchain technology outside of cryptocurrencies. Now for the cryptocurrency itself, I don't know. I don't know. I do know this, that the, the uh, what's the opposite of spike? Uh, uh, the crash? The crash of the value in the last few months uh, was a lot because options uh, began trading on cryptocurrency. So people were selling against it. You know, options allow you to uh, sell or uh, buy the right to buy or sell at a future time. And what that can do is it can manipulate markets with leverage. And that's more or less what happened. So I don't know if anyone can tell right now. People, a lot of people claim to be experts on, on cryptocurrency. I just, I, I don't know. A lot of the experts in cryptocurrency are dead wrong over and over and over again. Of course, that being said, a lot of experts, a lot of things are dead wrong over and over again, especially when predictions come into play. So I will say this, jump in on cryptocurrency. I, I use Coinbase. It's an app on your iPhone or Android, Coinbase, but do not put any more money in there that you can afford to lose tomorrow. If you can afford to lose the money permanently tomorrow and not have it affect your life, do it. If you take any money out of your emergency fund or, or by God, your retirement account or borrow from it, shame on ye. 
shame on ye. Is ye you or me? Shame on you. <laughs> the. I don't know. That's it. Hey, coming up after the break. How much should you spend on a car? We'll tackle that question next. On the Pete the Planner Show, I'm Pete the Planner. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown, yeah. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of lost player. Not from the Himalayas. But my Back on the Pete the Planner Show. Your money questions answered. If you want to have a question answered, email me. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com or go on to Twitter and blow me trouble for buying coffee. Nicole, did you see this week on Twitter some man yelled at me for buying coffee at Starbucks because how dare I how tell dare. my followers to buy expensive coffee? It was like when someone asked you at the Jumbo Costco store when you were buying wine or something and they were like, is it in, is it, is it in the budget? Everyone's got jokes. I didn't. Oh my gosh. I did not take a vow of poverty for you, dear listener. I mean, look, I think you're great. I want to help with your financial life. But a cup of coffee that I bought with a gift card from my father-in-law, it's in the budget. So how about I? Okay. Question three of the week. Uh, Dear Pete, love the show. You know, if you say that, it helps. I'm thinking about buying a new car. My current Pontiac Grand Am is forever years old. Uh, I I make about $4,200 a month and I live alone how much car can I afford? It might be because of the Pontiac Grand Am. You know, Nicole, I had a Pontiac Grand Am. Did you? I believe it was a 94, 5, 6, something like that I had in college. I had, I knew, I met Mrs. Planner. Oh, I, I had it when Mrs. Planner and I were dating. That's so cute. Pontiacs are, no, of course, no longer available. They, they no longer make Pontiacs. I will say this about Pontiacs. They're the most comfortable seats of any domestic car ever. Like the seats, like the seat, like an, this is an old guy comment. I was only 21 when I felt this way, but clearly as a 40 year old now, I'm you thinking, appreciate it. Oh my gosh. The lumbar support. Oh, it's quite nice. I, ju- I gotta say my little CX three, it's got some nice adjustable lumbar support. Speaking of car budgets. Um, so my man here, Nathan wants to know $4,200 a month of income. How much car can he afford? Uh, so there's a little bit of a trick here because you really can afford any car based on the payment because they'll just stretch your loan out. And that's what we want people to avoid doing. I was on uh, Indiana University's financial literacy podcast the other day, and we were talking about what I view to be systemic issues in student lending, and that is uh, income-based repayment and you know, stretching out student loan repayment for decades and decades because you're artificially affording an education that you can't afford because you're just taking a, I don't know, $50,000 debt over a 10 year period. You're stretching over a 25 year period. You're paying more interest and it's just sort of a crazy way to think. You could go to the local Range Rover dealership 
get an eight-year car loan and have a payment fall well within your budget. But that just makes no sense. You're going to pay a ton of interest. The thing will depreciate um, uh, at a schedule that you don't want it to, meaning that you're going to consistently be underwater with negative equity on that vehicle. We like people to purchase or make car decisions uh, at worst over a three to four year period, whether that be a lease or a purchase. I tend to save up money and then buy a certified pre-owned car with cash because I just don't want to mess with it. But if you're going to spend money on a car on a monthly basis, we like your transportation budget to be at, Nicole? 15%. Look at you. 15%. That's one five, 15%, not 50%. Um, and here's the thing about the ideal household budget, which is where this number comes from. Um, here's the thing. I don't want you to spend a lot on transportation. I just don't. Does that make me a fuddy-duddy? Probably. But a lot of other things make me a fuddy-duddy too. Uh, I just know this. Rolling around in a depreciating asset and sinking a lot of your, your working income into that can create a lot of problems. Uh, Nicole, I have to, I don't know if I've admitted this to you recently or ever at all. I'm kind of getting itch, an itch for a different vehicle. Who are you? I don't know. Are you okay? Well, look, I have, I have desires. This got weird. Oh. Oh, boy. Now, I have things I want, but that doesn't mean I always act on them. I think that's the part of self-control. Yeah. I mean, that was when I, was when I graduated from college. I was ready to get a new car, like right then and there. Right. But sometimes you have to wait until you get in a car accident twice in one day before you get a new oh car. Oh, my God. That was great. <laughs> I loved it. So long story short, $4,200 a month. That's $630 if you use the 15% rule. Now, now, don't get too excited here, pal. Because if you go out and buy a car for $630 a month, you're going to go over your 15% budget because there's still car insurance you have to pay for. You have to pay for fuel. Don't give me the I'll get a Tesla, there's no fuel cost thing. You have to pay for maintenance and you have to pay for car washes. I don't know what people use. You have to pay for any other transportation. Right. I don't know. Uh, some people like if you live in a big city, you, maybe you need a hundred dollars a month for subway fare. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where you live, pal. You just sent me this over the World Wide Web. So six hundred thirty dollars a month is your total budget for transportation. If you make forty two hundred dollars a month, let's figure you're paying a hundred dollars a month in insurance on average. I don't know how old you are. I don't know how bad of a driver, how fast of a driver you are. What's your insurance? Do you know, Frank? How much is it a month? Yeah. It's 122. 122 for just you. For just me. Mrs. Planner and I are like 80 total. Man, it's great to be old with old cars. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I also have figured here 150 bucks in gas. I, I don't, again, I don't know where this person lives. Maybe they're wanting to spend a bunch on a car and they live a block from work and they're just going to drive there because they're lazy. I don't know. But I'll figure 150 bucks of gas, so that means 100 bucks for insurance, 150 bucks of gas, total $630 budget for all of transportation. I don't think your car payment should be any more than $380. That's a pretty good answer, right, Nicole? I think that's a good answer. You can get a lot of car for that a month. And maybe you're putting money down. I don't know. And I would also say this. Maybe this person wants to lease like you did. 
um, uh, maybe they want to buy outright, so they eventually eliminate that $380 payment. I don't really know. It's whatever fits in the budget, but I would not spend any more than $380. And when you go to a car dealer, their job is to help you find reasons to spend A, more than $380, or B, stretch out your loan so that you're buying more car because you're spending $380 payments over a longer period of time. I recommend you do neither of those things. Stick to 380 and be at three or four years at the most. If you have to lease, lease, but I'd prefer you to buy. But stick at 15% of your income. Now, I'm at 1% right now. Mrs. Planner and I spend 1% of our income on transportation. That's 80% towards whatever. What is that? Mm. 80% towards uh, insurance and then not much gas. We don't use much gas. I walk to work a lot of times and when I don't, I live, what, a third of a mile from here? Uh, so we don't spend much on transportation. We use that other 14% that we're not spending on transportation towards our other priorities, such as hair plugs. Now, you know, Nicole, we got approached <laughs> to do a commercial on this show for a hair care product for men that help with baldness, but also male issues. Uh, performance. Uh, oh. You saw that I email. <gasps> Wait. Yeah. It was very inconspicuous, too. They did a really good job of, like, kind of beating around the bush. So to speak. So to speak. And so um, we said no because I really don't want to do hair care uh, things on this show and, and, and the other side of that, <clears throat> too. Uh, by the way, these commercials are everywhere over the rest of radio and television right now. I can't stop seeing them. And I'm like, maybe we should have taken some of that money. It is so awkward. Can you imagine if I'm doing reads for baldness and <laughs> male performance issues and you're sitting out there listening and producing those? Oh. How uncomfortable would you be? I just wouldn't laugh the whole time. I feel like we need to do one of those reads right now. Let's do it. Hi, I'm Pete the Planner. You know, despite my good lookingness, if I turn my head down, you'll see a lot of skin. That's right, I'm experiencing male pattern baldness. Not only that, but when it's hugging and kissing time, I'm not, I gotta stop. Oh my I God, I saw. I couldn't stop, I couldn't go. Skin. I, I know, but th that's what they wanted me to do for money. Like at what point in time are you like, yeah, just give me the money, I'm fine. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it all out there. I am bald and I, I, I don't know what I'm, things don't work down there. Like I'll, I'll, take, uh, I'll take your money. Yeah, no. I don't know. Is this what the show's supposed to be about? I guess. I could. I have this rule. I've, both my grandmothers are still living. And I have this rule. Like, I can't put myself out there when I have living grandmas. I can't. You know what I mean? The living grandmas. No, you can't. You just can't. Like, it's the old, would you say that with your grandma around? No, I wouldn't. That's why I don't. And I don't take money for it. <sighs> Coming up after the way. You think that's a waste of money. Uh, what... We're going to find out when we come back. What is too much to spend on a vessel that is used to consume booze? All that is next. Right here on the Pete the Planner Show, your money questions answered.
Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Back on the uh, Pete the Planner Show, your money questions answered. Before the break, I asked the question to you, how much is too much to spend on a vessel that you use to consume uh, the booze. Nicole, last week, I believe, we talked about a, wasn't it a beer brewed in space or something? Zero gravity? Yes, we did. What, what, how much was it? Something like crazy. $275. For a beer. For a beer. This week, I, I take it a little different direction. The North Axe Uncrate Smoked Tumbler Set, searching for barware that's an interesting, as, as interesting as today's modern cocktails, we partnered with North Drinkware on a collection of smoked glass mountain range tumblers made in Portland because, well, of course they are. Uh, each set contains two hand-blown eight-ounce cocktail glasses and a custom-smoked translucent black. Using data from the United States Geological Survey, wow. a two-day, 15-step process forms the molds of Mount Hood, the Mount Rainier, or the dual peaks of the maroon bells in Colorado inside the bottom of each tumbler, ensuring the natural topograph or topography of each is perfectly represented. The limited edition set also includes leather and felt coaster produced uh, by the artisans at Spooltown in Portland and arrive in a handmade wooden stash box. Limited to 50 sets per mold, our collaboration with North is a commitment to the original makers of these patented American-made designs. All right, Nicole, set of two smoked tumbler with the topography of mountains under the underbelly. How and, much? And the coasters, right? Uh, and the coasters and felt. Ooh. Leather and felt coasters. What do you think? How much? How much do you think that costs? I'm going to tell you, it's too much to spend on something to pour booze into your face. Although I, I'm looking at these things, yeah, they're really cool looking. Like oh. they're really cool. I would love to have a beverage out of these, but I, if anyone spent this much on on something that I use to pour booze in my face, I would have instant beef with them. Like 150. Um, that's a pretty good guess. The answer, my friend, is one hundred and sixty-five dollars. Ooh, that's I mean eighty-two fifty per glass. Oh my God! Wait, can we can we share with the class what they look like? Uh, sure. Do you have them pulled up? No. What is it? What is it? The... Uh, North X. Two words. North X. Uncrate smoked tumbler set if you're watching on petetheplanner.tv frank is going to pull this up for us uh, hopefully full screen there if what is it can you spell it one more time for me uh you know what i'm going to send it in the drop into the dms <gasps> the dms all right so uh stand by if you're listening on the radio pretty great little situation for you right now Aww. click on that um yes okay yes 
Hold on. We're uh, coming up. Uh, PeteThePlanner.tv. Oh. You can see this right now. Here we go. And there it... Oh, scroll up. They're lovely, right? Oh, they are lovely. This ni- this bottom here? Yeah. That's a nice feature. Wow. I, I would love to drink out of that. Yeah. But I'm not paying nice. 165 bucks. I would no. drink out of like a Dixie cup or yeah. a red Solo cup, which I've done of both. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Dang. These are cool. All right. So we don't talk about individual sectors to invest in a lot in this show and like what are good investments. It's just not what the show's about. But Nicole... There is a micro industry right now that is booming and experts call it Amazon proof, which you know what that means. It means Amazon can't come in and just dominate that industry and put everyone else out of business like they have with so many other industries. Well, really? You participate in this micro industry and it's not even that micro anymore. It's huge. Do you happen to know what this booming industry is that apparently is Amazon proof? No. Oh, and now I want you to guess. Is it kombucha? No, I knew you were going to guess that, though. I was going to say, I feel like that was a good guess. It's not guess. the boosh. Is it? I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> Makeup. Oh. The cosmetic industry. The cosmetic industry, per square foot of retail space, it sells uh, nearly what Apple gets per retail space. So if you oh. think about annualized spending per square foot... Um, it's $4,600 compared to annualized spending per square foot in an Apple store is $5,546. The annualized spending per square foot in any other publicly traded U.S. retailer is $340. Oh, my God. That's crazy. It, it's 15 times uh, more revenue producing per square foot than the average U.S. retailer. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So we're talking makeups. We're talking uh, what, spray, what, the colognes, perfumes. The spritzes. But in here, here's one of the reasons that, that experts think it's had this resurgence. A couple things. Number one, uh, all the influencers on social media have hooked up with these brands. You got like makeup specialists and experts all over the gram and Snapchat and Facebook and Twitter. And it's accounting for huge sales. You've got uh, hashtags such as empowerment and self-care, I mean, that, that are really helping sell makeup. And this is in spite of the recent trend I've seen, Nicole, of celebrities going makeupless, right? Yeah. You know, Christina Aguilera recently uh, stopped wearing makeup or something or like going the natural look. Not, not that we spend our time on this platform evaluating the looks of people, <laughs> but I'll tell you. Why didn't she do it the whole time? Looks right? great. She looks great. She does. You walked in. I walked in. And you're like, look at her. <laughs> I know it's creepy. But 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 I guess it's what I'm saying is just look the way you look. Right. I thought that was the way we're going, but it turns out that's not the way we're going. People are spraying on more stuff on their face. That's a lot of money. Huge industry. Huge. Huge. Look at BeautyCon, the festival arm of the namesake retail company, because BeautyCon. I don't know what else. Uh, where tens of thousands of enthusiasts last month spent anywhere between $60 and $2,000 for a weekend of fun. A weekend of fun. A weekend of spraying your, spraying your face. Spaying your face. I love to hear you say beauty con. <laughs> beauty con feels like a con. It, yeah, a little bit. 
I don't. I think my favorite part too is that more times than not now people are trying to look like they're not wearing makeup while wearing makeup. That's backwards. I know that makeup has been a part of my life as a television personality that I carry a man bag and it's got powder in it. And I'm okay with that because I get shiny. You own it. Uh, but yeah, and, and by the way, the whole point of makeup is to look like you're not wearing makeup, right? Yeah. Now, some of that contouring stuff, and I wouldn't sound like an old guy, but that contouring stuff, holy Moses. You could look like three different people in one day. You really could. And if you yeah. don't know what contouring is, Google or Bing, uh, <laughs> contouring how-to video and just watch these people paint themselves up. I mean... It's amazing. Uh, it's crazy. I saw this white guy... Uh, like do makeup and he looked like Diana Ross like 10 yes. minutes later there is one cool one where it's this woman and she's like transformed herself into every single like Disney right. villain or something yes it's so impressive I look like most of the Disney villains right now oh that's all we have time for this week. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. Go to uh, Pete the Planner. Oh, you can't be on the show. Just email us. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's all we have time for. Send any good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the PTP Show. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money right, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound to travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, in beats I burn, this I adjourn, in beats I burn, Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?